Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This episode of A Better Normal is made possible with PLDT Home. Experience the best that a digital lifestyle has to offer with the Philippines' fastest broadband. By now, katingkatika na siguro mag-travel. Remember those super efficient trains you might have taken on your Asian adventures? O kung ang napuntahan mo naman ay yung major cities in Europe and the US, you might have seen the explosion of alternatives to cars. Yung mga bikes, e-bikes, o scooters, whether it was on your own two feet or less than four wheels, it felt safe and easy to get around. The experience of getting from one place to another so easily is arguably one of the most pleasurable things about making trips abroad. I'm sure naranasan mo na rin na pagtapak mo ulit ng Manila na paisip ka. Bakit pa hindi pwedeng ganun na lang din dito? I'm Trisha Aquino, Puma Podcast, and in this special series, we take the disruption brought by COVID-19 to consider not just the new normal that awaits us, but a better normal that we might as well work for. In this episode of A Better Normal, we talk about designing cities for people, not for cars. We talk to someone you've probably seen around Twitter when it comes to discussions about urban mobility. He is the head of Pasig City's transport office. Here, they plan projects related to walking, cycling, and infrastructure for public transportation on roads under their jurisdiction. My name is Robert Anthony C. I like to ride my bike. I live in Pasig City. We asked Anton, what are the projects you've been implementing in Pasig? What gets you excited? I guess the main thing that I'm really proud of when it comes to our work in Pasig City is that we've really capitalized a lot on the pandemic cycling boom. I think with the coming of the COVID-19 pandemic, for many reasons, there's really been an uptake in cycling, both as a hobby and also as a legitimate means of transportation. So we've uh, been working on implementing protected bike lanes along many major roads and streets of Pasig City. Some streets which we identified uh, were, I think, number one among Rodriguez in Pasig. It's a major north-south corridor in Pasig City. So if you're coming from Rizal or Cainta or Marikina, a lot of cyclists will take Among Rodriguez from Marcos Highway or other streets. Uh, use Among Rodriguez to go south towards Pasig City Hall and eventually either from their Access Ortigas, the Ortigas Center Business District or go further along JP Rizal to go to Taguig or Makati. Anton says there are still some people who think bikes shouldn't be on major roads. But he has been quote-unquote vindicated in Pasig City's decision to implement bike lanes because of the ridership they've seen. Now, what do these bike lanes look like? Note the adjective protected that Anton used earlier. I want it to be usable by all ages and abilities. So that's what we call the AAA standard, all ages and abilities. That means, I guess, when you design a bike lane well, it's something that can be used by bicyclists of like uh, every skill level, whether you're uh, young, you're old, 
uh, whether you're a child, you're an adult, you're a senior citizen, uh, whether you're an athlete or you're um, mildly out of shape, or even if you have uh, some other kind of uh, disability, then you should be able to cycle comfortably. I think there's this impression that cycling is something that you can only do if you're uh, very physically fit. And I think to an extent that's true when your streets are designed uh, in a hostile way where um, they're really forbidding to people who cannot cycle close to the speed of cars. And I think when you talk about what a protected bike lane looks like or what it should look like, uh, it should be something that can uh, provide that feeling of safety. Because when you look at protected bike lanes in countries where it's very comfortable to cycle, where um, Filipinos who would never ride a bike here are suddenly confident to ride on those bike lanes in other countries. I think you'll see bike lanes that have either they're um, separated from cars on the same roadway or they're along paths where there's not even a motor vehicle in sight. Now here's a bitter pill to swallow, says Anton. When we talk about giving people a good cycling experience... When we talk about enabling pedestrians to get from point A to point B safely. When we talk about designing excellent public transport. There's no way to do it when you have streets that are choked with cars, basically. Oh, if you have a bus system, parang a bus lane is pointless if there are cars in it. Um, a sidewalk is uh, unusable. A wheelchair ramp on a sidewalk is not usable if a car is blocking it. Some people, especially people, I think, who feel like they have to achieve some kind of public consensus. They want People will sometimes look for solutions where uh, you don't ask the cars or the car owners to make any sacrifices. And then suddenly, if you hear people talking about, you should be improving public transportation. But I think one of the key truths here is that sometimes uh, you can't improve public transportation in a realistic way unless it comes at the expense of uh, walking back the dominance that automobiles have on our streetscapes. So Anton's big idea for a better normal? I think we need to radically reimagine how our streets are used, how they're designed, and who they're designed for. We should be designing streets for people, uh, not just for cars. Like, we need to talk about uh, implementing not uh, highway standards. We don't want um, streets to look like SLEX, but we should be talking about how to make streets accessible for Filipinos that walk, Filipinos that cycle. And Filipinos that have disabilities that might need to walk or cycle, sometimes with the use of um, mobility aids that allow them to do that and uh, experience the city in the same way that a fully abled person uh, would be able to. It's really, I think, a better normal. Uh, you really can't have that conversation uh, without talking about how to maximize some of the realizations we've had from the pandemic. People started to travel by walking or cycling because uh, owning a car is scarce, it's expensive public transport service deteriorated. And when we recognize that walking and cycling uh, does so good for so many Filipinos, we would not be going to a better normal if we went back to our old ways of designing streets. And the majority of Filipinos think so too. In November 2020, the Department of Health commissioned a social weather survey. Here they found that 87% of respondents agreed that, quote, the roads in Philippine cities and municipalities will be better off if public transportation, bicycles, and pedestrians are given priority over private vehicles. We'll get into the details of Anton's ideas for a better normal after the break. This episode was made possible with the support of PLDT Home. The magic of the modern world is one that never ceases to amaze us. It's proof that when you have the right blend of technology and innovation, 
anything is possible. And for safer cities, you're going to need both. There's always room for improvement, even for the systems we've already grown so used to. Thanks to the internet, we can connect with experts locally and from all around the world to create safer cities for the next generation. Make the most of your fast-paced digital lifestyle with the wealth of information available at our fingertips. Build a world to be proud of with the Philippines' fastest broadband. And now, back to the episode. Transportation expert Anton C. believes that in order for us to get around the city in a more humane and dignified way, we should be designing streets for people, not cars. Um, let's look at yung, uh, yung Ortiga Station. That's the sidewalk that's occupied on one side by a staircase and cut off from EDSA on the other side by a metal barricade. So napakakitid ng pwede mong lakaran. At pag may kasalubong ka, sorry na lang. Tatagilid ka talaga para makadaan o take turns kayo. We need to talk about urban roads, including roads like EDSA, that are wide enough to walk with dignity, um, where you don't feel uh, you have to come in contact into other people's personal space uh, just to be able to move, in, move around in the city. I think we're talking about things like MRT stations and um, EDSA busway stations that you can access even if you use crutches or use a wheelchair to get around the city. Like we said... Minsan hindi na makatao yung walking spaces that literally put us face-to-face with people. You wind up brushing up against strangers and it's too close for comfort. But also, there are times when you want to be closer to people. We want spaces that allow us to deepen our relationships. Okay, I guess to use a cheesier term, wala kasi tayong bridge in the Philippines where you can do like a wedding proposal. <laughs> I love it! You know, bridges that are that iconic. Yes. Bridges where you can, you know, they're so nice to walk to uh, and to take someone you love, right? Yes, I understand. You know, I think you have Jones Bridge, pero even Jones Bridge for all of its retro design, parang uso na kasi yung stories ng holdapan dun sa Jones Bridge eh. <laughs> So I think we have to do better even than that. And like, Jones Bridge may be a nice bridge, but can you actually walk to get there? I think uh, we need to design to the point na meron tayong bridge na bagay pang wedding proposal. Okay, yeah, that's that's very concrete. Make no mistake, designing streets for people doesn't always have to come with new infrastructure. Many cities around the world are now looking at lower speed limits in the city centers and uh, even car-free streets that are permanently car-free, completely pedestrianized and only for access by walking or cycling. I mentioned Millennium Bridge in London, where it's a bridge that's uh, totally motor vehicle-free uh, that you can uh, get across by walking or cycling. Paris will have a general 30 kilometer per hour maximum speed limit throughout the city with uh, even lower speed limits in certain desig- designated zones and some parts completely car-free. So I think these are measures that Metro Manila in the Philippines really should look at uh, in terms of making a better normal because I-, I think it's one piece of evidence that comes out over and over. And it- I think it doesn't always sound good when you mention it to people that feel very attached to their cars. And in the Philippines, people do get attached to their cars just because of the relative amount of dignity you have compared to commuting. But I think um, one thing we have to realize is that if we want our cities to be better, we really have to move away from using cars as, as a substitute from uh, an inhumane transport system. And I think we need to design our transportation system to be humane and to give you dignity, even if you don't have a car. Now let's focus on walking. 
we asked Anton, ano mang ibig sabihin ng pedestrian? The meaningful definition of pedestrian is somebody who gets around without the use of a device for acceleration. So I think this is where you differentiate it from someone on a bicycle who uses a personal mobility device to uh, increase their movement speed. So I think for the if you use that definition, then pedestrian would include not just people who walk, but even people uh, who can't walk, who uh, use things like wheelchairs or crutches to be able to uh, get around the city at speeds similar to someone who is fully able, who is able to walk. Given this definition, what does an ideal pedestrian lane look like? You want it to be safe to use. But beyond being safe, you also want it to be accessible, that everybody uh, of all physical abilities can use it. Uh, I think these two concepts are important. And I think um, safety and accessibility are really the foundational uh, issues in transport planning, where you, if you solve these two issues, you basically solve all of the problems when it comes to transport systems. Mahilig tayo sa mga footbridges, di ba? You have people walking upstairs very high with no elevators, no wheelchair ramps or anything. Expect them to walk the equivalent of mga four or more stories just to be able to cross the street. Bakit ba tayo gumagawa nun, right? I think we say it's for safety uh, so that people don't get hit by cars uh, when crossing at street level. But when you try and break down that argument, it's perfectly possible to create a safe pedestrian crossing uh, at street level that doesn't require uh, pedestrians to walk up so high. Like, you can a traffic signal. And in some cases, putting the traffic signal is much cheaper than building the footbridge. But the reason we don't do that is because uh, it's still seen by many people as uh, taboo and unacceptable to ask cars to slow down for pedestrians. Uh, it's actually kind of crazy when you think about it. And when you have a footbridge, yes, you do it for safety. Yes, uh, somebody on a footbridge has zero chance of being hit by a car at street level. But it's not accessible. And when that happens, the people who cannot cross the footbridge or who are too tired to cross the footbridge, uh, who are not strong enough to cross the footbridge, some of them try to cross at street level anyway. And that's, that's where you get accidents. Some people will say, eh, my footbridge dun, wala lang yan disiplina, parang uh, pasaway lang yan. They didn't want to use the footbridge, tamad lang yan. But then I think in many cases, uh, when you see road crashes that happen, uh, right under the footbridges, we really have to ask ourselves if we've really provided good infrastructure and um, done so with a sense of duty of care for pedestrians, or if there was uh, negligence in the way that we designed that system. Let's look at how the streets in Japan, for example, are designed to be pedestrian-friendly. Doon, madali para sa mga kotse na bumagal ang takbo para magpadaan ng mga tumatawid. Let's compare that to how our roads are designed. Eslex, for example, is designed for very high speeds. It has very wide lanes, very smooth roads, and it goes straight ahead without any barrier interrupting its flow. When you apply highway design standards to a road, you're basically asking cars to drive faster. And I think um, in Japan, actually, when you look at um, how the streets are designed, when you have streets inside the city, you don't want cars to drive fast. In fact, you should be designing the streets so that the cars slow down. Uh, I think this is um, really where there sometimes is a design philosophy gap in the Philippines, where sometimes when you have um, local or national authorities designing urban roads and urban bridges, uh, they're designed in ways not for cars to slow down. Actually, if you actually ask local traffic engineers here, many of them would actually look at you like you're crazy if you say that um, you should be designing streets to make traffic slow. It sounds almost weird. But then this is also what I'm talking about when good walking conditions have to come at the expense of cars, because If we want to make it so that a pedestrian lane 
is easy for cars to slow down for. The street has to be designed in a way where the cars are already driving slow, even before they see the pedestrian. Right? And I think um, Japanese streets are usually designed um, with that concept very well. Again, says Anton, designing for people doesn't always have to mean building new structures above and below ground. Many people, I think, especially a lot of like star architects, renowned architects, think that if we want to create good pedestrian conditions, many of them say, oh, we have to build it underground, or we have to build it, build it elevated. Parang gawa tayo ng elevated walkway, elevated bikeway. But I think when you start to talk about ideas like that, I think you have to look at the unsaid premise of those um, projects. And I think the premise they all have is that we're not going to do anything about the way our streets at the ground level are allocated. So I, I think when you talk about creating good pedestrian conditions, it has to start with the will to remake our streets. Anton zooms us out to see this from a bigger perspective. When Commonwealth Avenue is eight lanes wide on each side, how can you say there's no space? Like EDSA is like five or more lanes wide on each side. Uh, many urban streets in the Philippines are more than two lanes on each side. Why are we saying there's no space? There's plenty of space. We just use it inefficiently. It's just all used for motor vehicle traffic. And the reason why it's built so wide for cars and that it's taken up by cars is uh, because many times we erroneously implement highway standards for urban streets. Instead of slowing them down and making them narrower with more sidewalks, we build them wider. And when they when you have to build streets wider, they take up more urban space. And the space that you do take up for cars becomes choked with cars anyway. So it looks like not a lot of space because it's not not much of it is, is useful. So I think there really has to be a willingness, I think, not to go above or below ground, but to really um, radically reimagine whose streets are for, what the land is for, and who should have priority on streets and urban land. So... How are they putting these ideas into practice in Pasig City? First, they're making sidewalks more accessible. I think one of the criticisms people have when they come to Pasig is that sobrang taas ng sidewalks. Where uh, I think you're worried of getting an injury if you trip off a sidewalk. So we're working with the, I think, engineering department on renovating some of those streets. Second, they're maintaining their bike lanes and planning their expansion. It's good for pedestrians as well. Here's why it becomes easier for pedestrians to walk on the sidewalk that's beside the bike lane because the bike lane and its protection creates further separation from cars. Third, they're also developing bicycle parking in public spaces, as well as working with private businesses and developers to provide the same. When you do things that are good for public transport, for walking or cycling, you can kind of create a virtuous cycle. If you make improvements to one mode, it usually improves the other sustainable transportation modes. And I think it stands in contrast to developing for cars, where if you try to make a city friendlier for cars, it has to become worse for walkers, for cyclists, and for people taking public transportation. Throughout this conversation with Anton, there's a word that keeps popping up. Dignity. Pedestrians, cyclists, and persons with disabilities shouldn't feel like they're second-class citizens when trying to go around the city. They shouldn't be worried that they'll get their things stolen from them. They shouldn't have to climb long flights of stairs or broken escalators just across the street. They shouldn't be afraid that they'll get run over by a car. There's this anecdote Anton tells about his time studying in the UK. And it completely blew my mind. One thing I had noticed there was that, bakit ang daming may disabilities dito? Like I saw so many people in like motorized wheelchairs, 
going around. I was thinking, bakit ang dami may disabilities? Then I realized it's not because they're less healthy. It's not because they have genetic problems more than the Philippines. It's just that people with disabilities oftentimes can uh, get out of their house more just because the infrastructure is designed so that they can so they can go around. Itayo, e once you have a disability, kung wala kang koche, wala kang driver to take you around, good luck, right? Again, I'm Trisha Aquino, Puma Podcast. You've been listening to A Better Normal. This episode was produced by myself and edited by Carl Sayat. If you have thoughts or questions about what we discussed, or if you have ideas for A Better Normal, leave a comment on the Puma Podcast Facebook page. That's facebook.com slash pumapodcastph. We'd love to hear from you. Follow A Better Normal and Puma Podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you listen. Maraming salamat po. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.